Blog Talk Radio.
Good morning, good morning, good morning. This is October 29th, the day after my niece Tisha Wanda's birthday, and also close to three days before the end of October when Minister Sylvia, who's been celebrating all October long, her birth month, and I pray that uh, T has been doing that also. So I thank God. Many think of October as Halloween or Hunt to the Wing or whatever they want to call it. But I just want you all to know that this is the day that the Lord has made, and we shall rejoice and be glad in it. And so with that being said, I have two things that I want uh, Minister Sylvia to do, and hopefully she'll be able to do both. She'll let me know. Well, one of them is pray with us and pray for us and pray for the programmer today and the listeners that are listening today that will listen in the archives and those that will listen in the future. And then the second thing I want her to do is uh, probably... I don't know, it might be midway or maybe within the next uh, few minutes. I want her to write down, to take five things to write down, to write down some things that she's asked God for, and then um, to share it on the air, some of those things. Okay, Minister Sylvia, I turn the program over to you. Father God, we thank you for this morning, oh Lord. We thank you for the opportunity to come before you, to ask you to forgive us of every sin, sin of commission, sin of omission. God, sin of knowing that we're not walking in your will. God, I ask you to just cover us, cover the listeners of today, tomorrow, our eyes and ears away, down the road, God, because even though heaven and earth may pass away, but your word shall stand forever. As they listen to these broadcasts, I would just ask you to open our hearts into knowing that we can come to you every day on a daily basis with our care. We can come to you with our repentance. We can come to you as we depend on you to be our God. We know this. God, we thank you for giving us this in our hearts and our minds. God, we just ask you to cover our loved ones, our families, and people we don't even know. God, as they travel, whether they're walking, riding a bike, riding a bus, driving a car, an airplane, a train, riding on the highways, God, we just trust that you will bless our families. Keep all harmony with dangerous death. God, give us daily the words to say. Give us daily unblocked ears. Give us daily a receiving heart. Give us daily a mind to meditate on your word. Give us daily the desire to want to know you even the more. God, we just thank you for just being God in our life, God. As we go through today and the rest of this year, and as we start off next year, Lord, let us start it off with a love and a desire to please and serve you even more of God. God, don't let us get so caught up in ourselves that we forget about you, our Lord and Savior, that we forget about you, 
passion what you want us to do concerning getting the information about building your kingdom. How we get passion on today, Move us out the way. For a little decrease that you may increase, oh God. God, be our daily provider. Yes, oh Lord. Let us open our wheel, God, so that you be our daily provider. We stand, we walk, we talk, and we live. God, our children, oh God. God, we thank you for the month of October concerning us celebrating one another. Celebrating my birthday, my niece's birthday. God, that brought us to a point that this month, God, to show my family what love is after the fact. God, we thank you for after the fact. We thank you for keeping us after the fact. We thank you for allowing us to be in the place of noticing after the fact. They say, what do you mean about after the fact? After the fact, I realize the devil's been lying to me. After the fact, I realize I've been allowing the devil to lie to me. After the fact, I realize I wanted to have anything to use and that's excuse. After the fact, I realize nothing without Jesus. After the fact, I realize everything is only possible with Jesus. I never will walk this walk again. God, we ask you to put that in our heart, our mind, and our spirit. That God, I live for you. I live with you. I live because of you. So that's the fact I realize there will be no more I. It will all be about what could we say, God. I ask you to put this in our heart every day in Jesus' name. Amen. It's back here again. Amen. And Minister Sylvia, if you decide you are going to write down uh, some of the things you asked God for, just um, call me. I won't answer, but at that time I'll turn the um, program over to you so you can share some of the things. And so before I begin with the things um, that God has given me to speak on today, I want to share some of the things that I asked God for. I asked him that my family that are here and that have transitioned would spend eternal life with him. I've asked him for health for them and myself, for strength, long life for them and for me, 70 years, 80 years, 120 years. I've even asked him that we would be the oldest family on earth that is here during this day and time doing his will, doing things his way. I asked him for healthy family members. I asked him to have our families to have true love, not just for one another, but those that would come into our lives. I asked him to give us peace and tranquility. I asked him for his wisdom and his humbleness and his humility. I asked God that he would uh, help us to know that we not only are worthy, but we feel the worthiness of of being with him, that we fellowship with him, that we're true worshipers of him. And just things, 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 things like money, gold, silver, jewelry, 
and to be a charitable person, to be blessed, to be a blessing, a blessing to my family, a blessing to my friends, even a blessing to my so-called friends, a blessing to strangers, and if at all possible, to even be a blessing to God and his kingdom. I've asked God for houses and land. I've asked him for shelter. I've asked him for transportation cars and playing cars um, and more cars and clothes and, and food and protection and safety and uh, travel and mercy and to be able to travel. I've asked him for forgiveness, forgiveness for sins that I've known and that I haven't known. I've asked him to uh, be great to him. I want to be a great God uh, server. I want to be a great God uh, worshiper. I want to just do things uh, that would make him happy, that he would smile and say, that's my daughter. I asked him to allow me to be a good sibling, a great sibling, a, a great man, a great, um, you know, daughter, a, a, a great uh, family member at all. I've asked him to uh, allow me to be a peacemaker, a peacekeeper, the light in the darkness that expresses God and the things that uh, he wants, that I would even be a light to the people that have rejected him and spoke against him, those blasphemous people. I've asked God to allow me to, on this side of heaven, be an, one of uh, his angels, one of his mouthpieces, one of his vessels. I've asked God to allow me to be the manifestation and to see it, uh, the total manifestation of the bucket list, the many bucket lists that I've had. I've asked God for jewelry. I've asked God to, uh, like I said, to be a blessing. I've asked God for many things. I've asked God that he would be the most important thing in my life. I asked God that he would Allow me, Kim, the things that I need to ask him according to his will, according to what he wants, according to his destiny for me, and that I would not only learn um, of his destiny, but I would complete his destiny. And if he would allow me and my family to be here 120 years, but that we will be here, like I said, serving him, sharing him with this sick and dying world, sharing him, sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ, and not to doubt and not to waver. I've asked God for so many things, and many people have probably asked God for the same thing. But the thing is, is to be able to ask. Mm. The word says you have not because you ask not. So I'm going to go on with some of the lessons. On today, and like I said, if Minister Sylvia decides she wants to share some things, she can go ahead and just call me, and then I'll switch it over to her. Five version says, a faithful, right-minded man will abound with blessings, but he who hurries to be rich will not go unpunished. But in the message version, it says, committed and persistent work pays off. Get rich, quick schemes are rip-offs. And then the King James Version says, A faithful man shall abound with blessings, but he that maketh haste to be rich shall not be innocent. And then I went on to do Proverbs 28, but this time I did verses 19 through 28, King James Version. 
It says, he that tilleth his land shall have plenty of bread, but he that follows at the vain person shall have poverty enough. A faithful man shall abound with blessings, but he that maketh haste to be rich shall not be innocent. To have respect of person is not good, for a piece of bread that man will transgress. He that hastens to be rich hath an evil eye, and considereth not the poverty upon him. He that rebuketh man afterwards shall find more favor than he that flattereth with the tongue. Whoso robbeth his father or his mother, and saith it is no transgression, the same is the companion of a destroyer. He that is of a proud heart stirs up strife, but he that putteth his trust in the Lord shall be made fat. He that trusteth in his own heart is a fool, but whosoever walketh wisely, he shall be delivered. He that giveth unto the poor shall not lack, but he that hideth his eyes shall have many a curse. When the wicked rise, men hide themselves, but when they perish, the righteous increase. Mm, That's powerful right there. So let's take a quick sidebar and define a few things about how the world wants us to receive increase versus how God wants to provide increase for us. A blessing is defined as it means to be in a favor with, on one mind with, in tune with the will of God. A blessing is not about getting good things or experiencing happiness. It is about aligning oneself with God, Jesus Christ, our uh, propitiation, our substitute, our ransom. Being a blessing is about favor and the gift bestowed by God, thereby bringing happiness and invoking God's favor upon a person. It's the act of words for a person who's doing the blessing. It's a special favor. It's mercy. It's a benefit. It is God's favor. It is God's praises, devotion, worship. It can even be the grace that someone says over their meal. It's approval. It's good wishes. Synonyms for blessing is assets and gifts, good fortune, kindness. Miracle, favor, gain, godsend, good, health, profit, service, windfall, lucky break, manna from heaven, a stroke of luck. And you know, God just brought to me, Minister Sylvia, because she's listening to the message, may not have time to write the things down, but we will be able to let her share us later date when she has had time to write those things down because God doesn't want her to miss out on what he's speaking on today. Now, when God blesses us with increase, it's a blessing, it's a gift. But when the world blesses us, they might try to bless you through something called a lottery, which is a means of raising money by selling tickets. 
and giving certain um, ticket holders prizes. It's success based off of outcome that's governed by chance, not by blessing, but by chance. It's distributed to certain winners that bought the tickets or the option or the entity or the lot or the pool or was part of the uh, game of chance or the competition that benefited via the revenues that were provided by the state, by that government. Um, How do they decide the money to be raised for the lottery and how it's spent? Many use it for public service. They use it for earmarking it for education, others for political support. According to the National Endowment for Financial Education, 70% of lottery winners go bankrupt within a few years. Obtaining more money often leads to careless spending and the desire to get more money, and the greed can be destructive to the lives of the winners and their families. And this, you'll remember, said when we read Proverbs 28 that one of them said, um, the message version, committed and persistent work pays off. Get rich schemes are a ripoff. So sometimes um, the lottery and the various get rich schemes, they may bring us a temporary blessing. And in some cases, some people seek God and God does tell them what to do with that um, blessing. But many end up, as uh, the study shows, bankrupt within a few years. There's a organization called the Multi-State Lottery Association, M-U-S-L, and it's an American nonprofit. It's a government benefit association owned and operated by agreement, and it has 34 members. I didn't know this. So I'm sharing this with you because I did not know, honestly, where the money was coming from. I actually, in my ignorance, thought that as we paid in, that's how the money um, was actually made, and I did not even think about um, the governing body, that there was even a governing body. I thought we just paid into it. It adds up, and then it pays out. But in actuality, I'm going to share what I've learned. The MU. SL was formed December 1987 by seven U.S. lotteries. It was a game that was launched in February 1988 called the Lotto America. This game is now called the Powerball. It is a drawing um, that started um, April 1992. The Powerball was a unique game using two drums that were suggested by the um, Steve Capato, who was uh, over the Oregon's lottery. And so then the uh, Powerball and the Mega Millions um, in October 13th, see, we're talking about October, October 13th, 2009, was a signed agreement by a consortium. I want you to hear that word because we're going to uh, talk about it a few times, of states that operated something similar to this. And then in um, January 31, 2010, um, two of the 12 mega million consortium lotteries uh, began to sell Powerballs. And the consortium members 
did not join the M-U-S-L-A. So you remember it was members, but not all of them joined at first. They were licensed by the M-U-S-L. Remember, that's the Multi-State Lottery Association to sell Powerball, and the consortium coordinates their Powerball participation with the Multi-State Lottery Association. And so the Multi-State Lottery Association members offer Mega Millions through a special product that is approved by their consortium. Now, let's define what a consortium is. A consortium is an association of two or more individuals, companies, organizations, or governments, or a combination of these entities. And they are participating in a common activity or pooling of their resources for achieving a common goal. The consortium is Latin because it means partnership, association, society, and it derives from a consor with shared and property. That's what a consor means. And it itself, they work together for a con together, sores, fate. An example of a for-profit consortium is a group of banks that collaborate to make a loan also known as a syndicate. And this type of loan is more commonly known as a syndicated loan. See, the former director of the MUSL, Chuck Strutt, who was one of the first employees back in 1987, he responded to players and he wrote, Um, unusual frequently asked questions which would elicit strong responses from readers who may find it humorous or even insulting. The game is under uh, each jurisdiction of those states or those members or that company, and people can purchase it at a certain age, and they can claim it at a certain period. You know, some most places, if you don't claim it within a year, you don't get to claim it. But let's talk about some of the fraud scandals that have been associated with these consortiums, the MUSL, because there's only one MUSL. In December 2010, a jackpot winner ticket for the hot jackpot was purchased near the MUSL's headquarters. However, the ticket was never claimed until just before the Iowa Lottery one-year deadline. And at that time, an attorney from New York state attempted to claim the jackpot on behalf of a Belize trust. Mm -hmm. The trust later decided not to pursue the claim to avoid revealing the purchaser's identity. Mm. In January 2015, someone by the name of Edward Tipton who was the MUSL Director of Information Security, was arrested. Authorities determined that he was the purchaser by reviewing a convenience store's video footage. In March 2015, a second man, Robert Rhodes from Texas, was arrested in connection to the fraud. 
Tipton was convicted in July 2015 on two cards of fraud and imprisoned or sentenced to be in prison for 10 years. He posted a $10,000 bond and was released pending appeal. Authorities suspected that Tipton rigged drawings in at least four states. As a result of their investigation, he was charged in October 2015 for crimes in 2005 and 2007. Eddie Tipton was sentenced to 25 years in Iowa in 2017. We're only in 2023 for gaming whole lotteries and for installing what they call a rootkit in the computer running mm, the numbers used for the drawing. The rootkit changed the behavior of the database that was used. So Dipton was able to predict the numbers that would be drawn. My, 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 my. The MUSL gaming software had been approved by the gaming laboratories internationally and it was being used by these people. But see being favored and blessed by God is not based on chance. Competition or being in a distribution of winners of a prize. But it's blessed and based on our relationship with God and it was this relationship was purchased for us by Jesus Christ. And it's available to everyone. There's no jerry-rigging. There's no uh, uh, setting up the computer so that you can predict the game. No, God's already told us we all can confess Jesus Christ and believe in our hearts and be saved. And then as believers, commission to share his word and the gospel with this sick and dying world. Because, see, when we think about it, some of the members, that now has increased in the MUSL from 34 to 38 since January 2010. They're cross-selling. They're hopefully not still condoning and doing these things to make certain people win or make it so that you don't win. I mean, they even had a story about a man that had a video um, thing where he could buy on certain stores and see what numbers people were um, picking. You want to understand where I'm going in a minute, so just stay with me. Arizona, Arkansas, Colorado, Connecticut, Delaware, D.C., Florida, Idaho, Indiana. You didn't hear Illinois. Iowa, Kansas, Kentucky, Louisiana, Maine, Minnesota, Mississippi, Missouri, Montana, Nebraska, New Hampshire, New Mexico, New York, North Carolina, North Dakota, Ohio, Oklahoma, Oregon, Pennsylvania, Puerto Rico, Rhode Island, South Carolina, South Dakota, Tennessee, Texas, the U.S. Virgin Islands, Vermont, West Virginia, Wisconsin, you didn't hear, you didn't hear uh, seven in those states that you didn't hear. Uh, well, the ones 
first of all, let's go by the ones that you did here were part that were part of the uh, MUSL: West Virginia, Rhode Island, Oregon, Missouri, Kansas, Iowa, and the District of Columbia. They were, you know, some of the ones that were a part of this. But I wanted to call this out. Illinois, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, Nevada, New Jersey, Utah, Virginia, Washington State, and Wyoming. They're not a part of this particular consortium. But so when I looked at some of the these states and how many votes they have when it comes to elections. There's 426 electoral votes out of the 538 electoral votes. Did you hear me? The lottery, these people that are part of the lottery and making money off of it, they are the majority for the lottery and they are the majority for the election. And then I want you to take a sidebar and pay attention to who tries to have the most influence over those states so that they can get those electoral votes. Because it's not the popular vote that select our president, et cetera, and say electoral votes. Yeah, that because remember the first that we talked about was getting rich schemes versus um, those that work hard. And so whether we like it or not, on this earth, politics, <laughs> although they can be humorous and yet insulting, tries to control who's blessed and how we're blessed. And when they get us on these get-rich schemes, we don't understand. And I brought this up because when I had asked God to let me win the lottery, I did not say, God, let me win the lottery the earth's way. But when God educated me on blessing versus lottery, I realized that I needed to tell God I'm sorry that I allowed the world's lottery to make me think that it could be anything greater than what you could give me. And so when God showed me how he could show me his version of increase versus the world's version of increase, I remember that Matthew 6 and 33, our foundation of scripture says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. 
See, when Jesus was talking about that, he was talking about some of the things I said I asked God for. Food, drink, shelter. They're symbols of provision and the fullness of life. But see, at first, it sounded like it was things that um, is important to this world. But there are things that are important to this world that we need to be a blessing to others. So it's all in the pureness and the innocence and the righteousness of what you're asking God for. I wasn't asking God to let me win the lottery for increase to be able to be so great in this world but I want it to be a blessing to others and to begin it at home. Philippians 4 and 8 says, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest. You hear that? I'm going to say it again. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatever, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, Whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, <clears throat> whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Remember, Matthew 6 and 33 says, and all these things shall be added unto you. 4 and 8 says, to think on these things things that are true and honest and just and pure and lovely and of good report and that will give God the praise. See, in this world, we're bombarded with messages and images and, and beliefs and stances for ungodly behavior, things that are incompatible with things of God. See, the secular world wants us to value and be greedy to get cars and land and all of that for sure. But when you want cars and lands because you need traveling mercy to go from this place to that place, to share the gospel of Jesus Christ, to give a homely, homeless person a, a soup or, or, or whatever, to bless a family member that's going through, to show a family member that they are loved, they're honorable, they're right, they're pure, they're lovely. They're commendable. They're excellent. They're worthy of the praise. They're worthy of God blessing every area in our lives. See, whether it's the music or the TV or the new uh, movies or literature, everything that the world wants us to want is for worldly gain, not for heavenly gain. But see, God wants us to obey him to the point of, when he gives us increase and the test and the trials come, we'll still obey God. Second Peter one twelve says, Wherefore I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things. See, we're talking about these things. Though we know them and be established in the present truth. Now, in this, 
than the message birds and Simon Peter as a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ says, I write this to you whose experience with God is as life-changing as ours, all due to our God's straight dealing and the interventions of God and Savior Jesus Christ. Grace and peace to you many times over as you deepen in your experience with God, Jesus our Master. It tells us to put off things. What are some of those things? Everything that goes into life of pleasing God has been miraculously given to us by getting to know him personally and intimately and by him inviting us in. But see, when we put our ticket, uh our participation with God based off a worldly lust and corruption, we need to put that off. We need to have faith and good character and spiritual understanding and be disciplined and be patient and be reverent to God, to be friendly, to be generous in our love for his things and him. We need to know that even the grass that grows under our feet came from God. We need to know that even the books that we read come from God. The Bible comes from God. And so many of the books that we may read nowadays are very oblivious to the very existence of God. How many people are speaking against God? How many people are trying to make you doubt God? But see, we need to be the light in the middle of all of this because we need to tell people the truth. We need to practice patience inside out, call the attention to God's blessing plan, which isn't based on chance. It's based on love. It's based on what Jesus did for us. It gives God all the glory and all the praise. It isn't based on me, 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 but it's based on Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Not me, me, me. Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Not me, me, me. So as we look at John 16 and 33, we realize that these things I have spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. Mm. And a world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world and the tribulations and all that's going on. God has still overcame the world, and he said, in him we can have peace. Let's read John 16 again so that you can hear about some more of these things. He said, these things have I spoken unto you that ye should not be offended. That shall put you out of your synagogue, they shall put you out of your synagogue, and yea, the time comes that whosoever killeth you will think that he's doing God's service. And these things will they do unto you because they have not known the Father, not me. But these things have I told you, and when the time shall come, ye shall remember that I told you of them, and these things shall not, I said, 
unto you, unto you at the beginning because I was with you. It talks about God's righteousness. It talks about those things because I said these things unto you. It sorrow and fills your heart. Yes, these are things that people will try to do towards us and against us because we're okay because we have the comforter. The comforter will never leave us because God tells us that he has come that we will have life and have it more abundantly. He tells us that he will never leave us or forsake us. He tells us that his righteousness is of the Father. He tells us about the prince of this world will be judged. He lets us know that the spirit of truth will guide us. He lets us know that the spirit of truth would not allow us to speak against him. He lets us know that the spirit of truth will give him all the glory and all the praise. He lets us know that all things that the Father hath are mine. Therefore, I said that he shall take of mine and shall show it unto you. Look how much he's done for us. Look how much he's shown us. Look how much he's protected us. And the verses even go on to talk about these things again. It says, these things have I spoken unto you in Proverbs. Time cometh when I shall no more speak unto you in Proverbs. But I shall show you plainly of the Father. The Father has shown us many things. The Father has helped us to know many things. Our Father that is the one and only true and living God lets us know that we can believe and we can know that these things that he's spoken, that we will have them and we'll have them in peace. That's right, peace in the midst of tribulation. Peace in the midst of all of the things that God is showing us we can overcome economic and financial burden, unfair treatment. God is an equalizer. He brings equilibrium in the midst of whatever it was they tried to do. How many of you have had God give you peace right in the midst of the storm on your job, right in the midst of the storms in your household? right in the midst of the storms on the highways and the byways, right in the midst of everything. You need it, Manu? He gave it to you. There's people with more than what you have and less than what you have that have great and terrible credit scores. But yet God, wisdom, decides who and how he's going to be a blessing so that you can be a blessing. There's people that can't get transportation, but God allows you to have all types of transportation. There's people 
who make more than you and they can't afford to go out to Red Lobster or various movies and things. God gives us pets. He gives us food. He gives us transportation. He gives us love. He gives us peace that surpasses all understanding. He calms the storm. He gives us the wisdom to know what to do with what he gives us if we ask. From Genesis to Revelation, God told us first in Genesis that it was good. And throughout Genesis to Revelation, he shows us how good he is and how great he is and how good and great Jesus is and how good and great his Holy Spirit is. But sometimes we lose our focus. And instead of looking at these things that God has already done, we look at the things that he hasn't done or allowed. We accept what God allows. Imagine this. If you had billions of things that went wrong in your life and God only blessed you one time, that one time could obliterate and annihilate those billions, kind of God we see. So no matter what you're going through, Think on these things, things that are pure, things that are just, things that are righteous, things that bring God's glory and all the praise, things that establish God's truth, things that show you how true and how pure and how lovely and how commendable and how excellent and how worthy of the praise God is. I pray that God gives you a new song. He gives you visions and letters and various things to write about his greatness and that when people see you, they'll see the greatness of God. In all these things. Minister Sylvia, I turn the program over to you. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you, Lord, for today's lesson. Thank you for being able to be in the presence of understanding the words that we heard on today, God. We just thank you. I um, said to Apostle that I text her to let her know I didn't have many scriptures to share on today, but I just wanted to share five things, but I have two scriptures that can cover it all. Once I understood that I was living in Matthew 6 and 33, I would seek, I'm going to seek the kingdom of God. I'm going to seek his righteousness. And as I do that, I will wait for everything else to be added unto me. Because the scripture actually says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. I realized then that I wanted to also walk, live, 
and believe that Psalms 23 and 1. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. As I was understanding that and realizing that, I had to, if I could just choose five things with just a little bit under the meaning of the five things that I wrote down. One, I want to be delivered. Not just of bad habits, bad saying and bad acting, but I want to be delivered of people, not worrying about them being happy with what comes out of my mouth concerning what God said, not worrying about what they feel about me telling them, oh, I can't do that no more because God said. I want to know that I'm walking because I'm, I'd rather obey God than man. I do not want to be worried about people using or trying to use witchcraft for me. I want to be delivered of that. The second thing I wrote down, I want to know that God knows I trust him. I trust him with everything. I trust him with my dreams. Even at this age, I still have dreams. I trust him with making my dreams come true. I trust him with the desires that I have for my life that God would bring it to pass. The third thing I wrote down, I want to walk in the power of God, operate in the power of God. God did not give me a spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. I do not want to walk with anxiousness. I do not want to be anxious because he said don't be anxious for nothing. I don't want to worry about things that God has already given me a promise about, said like God is going to, we said in the world, we need or take it back. I want to worry about knowing that I believe I walk with the power of God that God has given me his power. I want to know that when God speaks to me, that his word will go out and do everything it was sent out to do. It will not come back void. I want people to look at me and say, I can see the power of God on her, in her, and they understand that I'm walking with the power of God and everything that come out of my mouth. It's powerful because God allowed it and God gave it to me. Only through God will I speak his word. I want to believe that everybody knows that God's word is true. I want to believe that everybody knows that you can be in the presence of God any desired time that you want to be, I want to know that I walk in the belief of God that whenever unbelief comes my way, I will not entertain it. I will not operate at it. I will not let it enter into my mind, my heart, or let it even, I don't even want to look on unbelievable things that I know that with God it can be healed, it can be destroyed, it's no matter what it looked like, that I know that with God all things are possible. I want God to give me a spirit of discernment. I believe that God has given me a spirit of discernment and that I operate more so in the spirit of discernment because I believe that's a gift from God as I know it is. I want to 
be able to love my family unconditionally, be able to love people as God loves people and not the way I as a human, we will love because we put conditions on how we love people. They got to look a certain way. They got to walk a certain way. They got to dress a certain way. They got to operate a certain way because we're going by what we think. I want to be able to say, God, I don't want to have a, how you say, some time in love, as I was just saying. I want to be able to love like God loves. He said to let the children come to him. He said, suffer not the children. God has taught us in so many ways that we can love, but don't love the way we love, love the way he loves. I want to have a trustworthy love. I want to have an honest love. I want to have this for me, not just others, but a self-love. Because sometimes we can just lose ourselves in our mindset. I want God to just change my heart, change my mind, change my taste buds, change my everything. Because if I keep living the way I live in the human form, I will never operate truly in the spiritual form. That's why I believe that I seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto me. Matthew 6 and 33 and Psalms 23 and 1 will have me walking in a place of the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I shall not want to be an embarrassment to God. I shall not want to be an insult to God. I shall not want to be an embarrassment or an insult to heaven because God sits high and looks low, and I want to just know that this, those are just some of the things that I, I put under the heading of the five things I have before God, deliverance, trusting him, his power, believing as the way God wants me to believe, and to love the way God wants me to love. Those are the five things that I have right now. So, Apostle, that's uh, it. I'm going to give it back to you before you uh, can give us a closing remark. I will do this before I give it back to you. I would like to say thank you all for joining us on today, this Sunday morning at 9.30 a.m. Central Standard Time, 10.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you would love to come back next Sunday, you can at the same time, and you could hear apostles like Dr. Cecilia Kaiser minister to us again. If you would like to come back tomorrow night at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, you can hear our very own minister, Lon Seabury. That will be our fifth Monday of the month of October. We shall be uh, hearing what he has to say to the youth, even though tomorrow is the 30th, we are still going to celebrate our youth. Well, the man of God will be ministered to you all, so please get your young people and come in and listen 
on Blog Talk as well as Facebook Live. If you come back Wednesday at 4 p.m. Central Standard Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, you can hear me on Wednesday, Wednesday Wisdom Wednesdays to hear what God has put in my heart to speak about. And if you come back Friday at 9 p.m. Central Standard Time, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, you can hear me, Minister Sylvia Kaiser, speak at that time, sharing what you would uh, love to hear and want to hear from God on Friday nights because we are going to be entering into the new week of next week. So you just got to know that even though the week's going to start this week coming up, we're going to be entering in and we're going to end the week with a word from God as we started off a word from God. Thank you all for listening in. Our foundation of scripture again is Matthew 6 to 33, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. We love you with the love of the Lord. There's nothing you can do about it, and I give it back to the woman of God. Amen. If I could leave you with anything, it would be the songwriter wrote a song that says, I need thee, O Lord, I need thee, and I need him. And if I could trade anything in this lifetime, it would be trading these things of the world for these things of God. And I appreciate you. Um, We love you. And as Minister Sylvia said, we'll see you on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and Sunday again. So until next time, bye-bye. And don't forget... When um, someone talks to you about the lottery and the electoral vote, they're all connected to politics. But in God, it's not connected to politics. It's not connected to chance, but it's connected to him. Be connected, stay connected. Love you. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm.